Patriots wrap up their preseason slate in Vegas against the Raiders. The Blue Jays, with some help from former Fisher Cats, swept away the Sox. And one of the lone bright spots, the Red Sox this season, Michael Waka threw against the Rays yesterday evening. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. So, for better or not, the preseason is over, and the Patriots turn the page now to Week 1 against a divisional opponent in the Miami Dolphins down in Miami on September the 10th. Patriots, of course, still looking to figure things out completely on the offensive side of the football. I feel good about the team defensively. We're going to talk with Jalen Mills about that in just a second. But on the offensive side of things, I do think that this is going to be a really good running football team. Questions about the ability to establish high-quality number one, number two receivers to help out Mac Jones. But I do think the offensive line has improved. I like the way that Cole Strange has played. And I feel like Damian Harris or Mondre Stevenson are both ready to have really good seasons for the Patriots. We're going to hear from both of those guys in just a little bit. But I want to start with Bill Belichick on the depth in the running back room and decisions looming in regard to cuts. Morning, Bill. How are you? Good, Chris. How are we doing? Good. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the running back room and the type of depth that you're seeing there this year. And also, what are you looking for in regard to continued development from Damian and Ramadre? Uh, well, the first thing about the the groups, um, I think you're I think you're right. I think it is a competitive group. Uh, they've all been out there, um, which has been a good thing. They've gotten you know reps on a daily basis, and uh, as usual, uh, I think the backs have different skill sets. Um, some guys do some things better than others, and vice versa. Um, you know, combining all the skills that the backs need. Uh, to play for us or play in the league, um, you know, in inside a tackle running, space running, protections, route running, um, you know, situational plays. There are really it's quite a variety of things. They're involved in every play, uh, and, and there are a lot of different skills they need and a lot of different responsibilities. So uh, I, think, I think Vinny's done a real good job with the group. They've come along well. Um, and... We're we're working to see what the best combinations are, and also evaluate the players as they compete against each other for uh, play time and roles on the team. But it's it's a very competitive spot. When you get to this time of year, and obviously cuts are looming here, can you just expand a little bit upon what your process is and how you go about determining you know, different factors? that lead to how a player can help you or if perhaps you need to move in a different direction from that player? The process is really simple. Put together the, the best team that you can. Um, and that's a lot of things can go into consideration there. Um, but in the end, you just try to balance your team out and, and put the best group you can out there. So you have to consider all the – if it's an offensive player, all the offensive situations, uh, his role in the kicking game. Um, your depth at that position and and uh, you know a lot of times it comes down to you, you want to carry a player uh, at a certain position for depth for to have a certain number of players at, at a particular position uh, but you have a, a player who's just maybe has outperformed uh, as just a total football player which is an extra guy at another position that you it's an extra guy uh, but he's played better than the player you you are considering at a position of number need. 
end depth. And, and so that, that's, that's always a tough decision. Uh, do you let the better player go or do you let the player go uh, and, and lack depth at a position? So um, say so those are kind of the tougher ones, but we're not there yet. We're a ways off from that. We're, you know, we're, we'll just be going down to 80 this week. So we still have more time to, to work through that. Mentioned the running backs there is down for the Patriots Panthers game at Gillette Stadium last week and talked with both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson about their expectations for the upcoming season, how they were feeling heading into regular season action. We'll start with Damian Harris. Just your sense on the offense as a whole, and do you feel growth coming out of this game? Um, you know, it was a great opportunity for us to come out here today and, you know, get acclimated to the speed of the game, uh, have another opportunity to do that. Um, you know, we just want to keep moving in the right direction, keep improving. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of things that we can correct and do better from this game. And, you know, we'll, we'll watch the tape and we'll make our corrections. And then the next time we step on the field, we'll do what we can to go out there and put together a better performance. I feel like you've gotten better like each and every year. How do you go Thank about you. trying to do something a little bit better this year and, and improve yourself? even with beyond what you've done previous seasons? Um, I mean, this is a whole new year, and whatever's happened in the past doesn't really matter. You know, every opportunity I get, every year, every day, every rub, uh, you know, I just want to continue to improve and be the best version of myself every single day. And, um, you know, that's, there's no real end point to that, you know, because throughout my career I continue to improve. We can continue to improve as a team, and, you know, that's what we want to do, come out every day, put our best foot forward, um, put our heads down, grind, and just continue to improve each and every day. In the leadership perspective, do you feel like you're evolving there as well, particularly with James retiring? Like that's that's a big role to, to fill in terms of how you go about things. It seems like you're a little more vocal than James, but you forgot it to say the least. But um, yeah, how do you how do you see yourself maturing in that area? Um, you know, every day I come out here, I just want to be my best, the best version of myself. Um, I want to help my teammates become better players. Uh, I want to become a better player. I want to be a better teammate. So whatever I can do, you know, from the standpoint of what I do on the field or what I do in the locker room, how I can help guys, how I can teach the younger guys, how I can learn from the older guys that are still here, you know, whatever I can do to help make myself better, make the team better, you know, that's what I'm here to do. Tweet, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. Also talked with Ramondre Stevenson. It seemed like one of the big positives was the offense and particularly the run game coming out of this one. How do you feel about the way you guys ran the ball collectively and the type of depth it seems like you have in the running back room? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a ton of depth, like you said, but it's just it's just progressing. It's uh, a little bit better from last week, but we still got some steps to to take. How does it feel to kind of get out there and start this pro get this point of the process where you're playing another team? It's a game, stadiums mm -hmm. out, stadiums somewhat full. Mm -hmm. it, what's that like? Uh, it's, it's just playing football again with my teammates. That's you know what I love to do. So it's just a, a special moment and to be on that field again in front of our fans is just just awesome. How does the offense feel right now in terms of like cohesiveness and everybody kind of being on on the same page? Does it feel like you know it's still early and you're still kind of figuring things out? Do you feel like steps are being made? Uh, yeah, steps are being made, but we still got a long way to go in in every facet of the game. So. That's what we're working to do. We got a couple more uh, weeks of camp, and yeah, we just got to progress. I just want to ask you about the depth in the room as well. Like JJ's right here, um, just talking to Damian. Like it feels like the running back room is as deep as it's ever been with this group. And, and how do you guys kind of complement each other while still kind of competing in some ways for playing time and spots? Yeah, uh, for me, this is the most competition in, a, in one room I've been in, and, and it's great. You know, iron sharp is iron, and 
I feel like we all just take little things from each each person's game, and that just makes us a lot better as a group. How do you improve upon what was a really standout rookie season for you? Like, in what ways do you feel like you've grown in the off season? In what ways do you think you're going to impact this team even more this year? Uh, yeah, it's just we have to see week one uh, and throughout the regular season, but. I feel a lot more comfortable and confident in this offense, and I feel like I could, uh, you know, I could help the team win. The final thing is on year two in the development process, whether it's for the guys that came in as free agents, whether it's for Mac, yourself, as second-year players. Mm-hmm. How much do you feel like this group has grown collectively, and how much better do you feel like you're in a space of understanding mm-hmm. the complexity of the offense in year two? Uh, yeah, year two for me and uh, it's for me and uh, me and the quarterback Mac Jones. So I feel like. He's getting more comfortable, just like me and everybody else that's on year two and, you know, year three, year four. It's just more comfortable and being with this team, like we've been around this group for a year now. It's just more comfortable. That's all I can tell you. Sweet. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Have a good night. Jalen Mills has looked really good in training camp and in preseason action. He went toe-to-toe with Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the game, as the Patriots had joint practices with the Raiders in Vegas this week. Patriots, of course, getting to see old friend Josh McDaniels as well during that time period and last night on the football field. Here is Jalen Mills about where the defense is at. Just how do you feel about the defense coming out of this one? Um, they played pretty good. Um, had a couple penalties, um, you know, had a couple good drives as well. Um, but uh, the penalties outweighed a good drive because we want to play as, as, as least snaps as possible and keep our offense on the field and keep their keep their offense on off the field. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest thing, you know, is trying to clean up the penalties and uh, just go out there and keep playing fast. How do you feel like you've been able to impact the game both in training camp and also here now that it's your first preseason game. It feels like just watching you feel more comfortable, more yeah. free. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, um, definitely more comfortable. Um, I mean, I was somewhere for in the same scheme for five years. Um, so last year, you know, it was it was different terminology, mm-hmm. um, different body parts, guys in different places. So just getting comfortable with the guys, learning what guys want to be in certain situations. Um, and then having two off-season OTAs um, definitely got me a lot more comfortable this year. So at this point, there's a lot of seams, obviously, but it seems like the defense is more athletic, it's faster. Is, is that something that you're feeling as well, that you've kind of improved in, in in that area, the athleticism and, and speed, um, we're definitely flying around. Um, uh, I think, I think, just us as a defense, our standard each and every day is get to the ball, um, each and every play. Yes, indeed. Um, each and every play, we're trying to get to the ball at practice. So when it, once the game comes, it's, it's secondhand nature. Nobody's second guessing it. We all know whoever has the ball with his running pass. We got eleven guys running to it. And finally, what have you seen from Jonathan Jones yeah. so far? He obviously has got kind of lost in the mix last year. Yeah. He was out a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like he's ready to make a big impact? Yeah, coming back from injury, um, I know when he was he was injured. You know, um, as as any player, you know, you just want to be out there with the guys. Um, and I think he's you know showing his versatility by we all know he can play nickel and also going outside, yeah. which would be big for us. You know, um, just having different looks for the quarterbacks with him because NFL knows him as a nickel back. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really big for us. And, uh, I mean, he's working every day, man. He's a hard worker. Sweet. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, man. Yep. Jalen Mills right there. Press Pass will be your home for the best Patriots coverage in the Granite State. Also tune in to New Hampshire today, weekdays from 6 to 9 for the latest on the Pats as well. Transition now to the Red Sox, where the Red Sox got swept away by the Toronto Blue Jays. All playoff hopes pretty much have been extinguished at this point in time, largely 
thanks to a number of former Fisher Cats, including the interim manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider, who led the Fisher Cats to the Eastern League Championship in 2018 with a little help from Vladdy Jr. He's only with the team for about a month, but that year, Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio were tremendous for the Fisher Cats in helping them win the Eastern League Championship. Let's hear now from the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, John Schneider. So former Fisher Cats skipper John Schneider now leading the uh, Toronto Blue Jays interim, on an interim basis as manager and settling into that role, I assume, over the last uh, number of weeks. So what's been you know the, the major challenges in this position, or is it very you know simple in that you managed before and now you're managing again? A little bit of both. I think the, the comfort level with the guys and the staff has been easy to transition into this role. The difficulties are everything is more magnified at this level than it was in the minor leagues. Um, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's baseball and you prepare the same way and you just have to understand that every, every decision or every lineup is just a little bit more magnified than it was in the minor leagues. But the overall approach to the game, uh, the prep work for the game is pretty similar. And again, like I said, the, the comfort of having the same guys or similar, you know, a lot of the same guys and the same staff here for the last four years has been good. Yeah, most people talk about the media and obviously doing the media scrum before the game, all the interviews, including this one, and, you know, the the scrutiny that a fan base puts on you. So how does that kind of play with how you go about making your decisions? Do you do the same thing and just live with the scrutiny or do you make sure via data and other elements that this is the, the right decision, perhaps more so than previous? Yeah, for sure. I think the more prepared you are, the easier the decisions are. Not that you want to have everything scripted out before the game starts, but you know you want to make sure you cover every possible scenario, and then you got to live with the decision you make, whether it's right or wrong. And it's usually just based on the outcome, right? So um, you can't be perfect in that regard, but you have to use all the information and know all of the players' personalities and kind of what makes them tick, and try to combine um, the two and hopefully make the right decision. But it is. You're not going to be right every time, and um, you know you can't have everyone loving you all the time. How much did the experience in New Hampshire benefit you? Not just that you got to spend another full year, you know, with Vladdy, Bo, and uh, Cav, but also you went through the postseason. You went through some games that were higher intensity than you had managed previous. So, how do you feel that benefited you? It's great. I think having it's great for the guys first and foremost to go through. You know, minor league season is so long and such a grind, and you're trying to get better. But I think going through games that mean something is great development for them and for me as a manager. Um, it's uh, you know going talking to media because of the big hype we had with those guys. You know, was good for me to get used to uh, to get to this point now. I think, but. Um, the big thing is, you know, them being through it, and now every game is kind of that magnitude, right, at the big leagues as it was at the postseason in the minor leagues. So they're kind of used to it. The expectation is they want to get there at this level um, and make a deep run as well. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool that they did what they did in the minors. Obviously, it was difficult to see Charlie go, I'm sure, for you, but um, the team has taken off since then. You're playing much better baseball. What do you attribute that to? Well, for one, they're really good. This is a really good team, and, you know, it was unfortunate, you know, the circumstances that happen, and, you know, everyone understands that that's a, a weird, unfortunate part of the job, right? It happens to mostly everyone at some point, and um, love the information Charlie shared with me, the experience, conversations we had, all that kind of stuff, so it's kind of bittersweet to be here, but an opportunity that I've been looking forward to and I'm enjoying um, immensely. Um, so, yeah, I think you don't really attribute it to much except the fact that these guys are really, really good, hold themselves to high standards and high expectations. 
And, um, you know, this has kind of been the expectation for themselves, you know, from the start of spring training. Santiago Espinal was a guy that stood out a lot in New Hampshire the year after you were there with Morty. And it didn't seem as though there was a spot for him. But it seems like he's one of those classic players in that if you play well and you play consistently in all aspects of the game, a spot will develop for you. This year he's an all-star. What do you make of his story and what, how much has he benefited you guys? He's been unbelievable. I think if you look over the course of the first part of the year, he was one of our most consistent players, obviously defensively but offensively as well. Um, kind of took his game to a new level. So he was that way in the minors. When we got him in the, in the Pierce trade from Boston, it was, you know, he did every little thing right. He was ready to play every day and had the versatility to move around to a lot of different spots. And he's kind of forced his way into, you know, just about an everyday role in the big leagues and obviously first time all-star selection he's uh an awesome addition to any team he was in the minors he is here with us and can do a lot of really good things final thing is there anybody you've leaned on a lot when it comes to you know this experience and managing the toronto blue jays remember alex came in he was pretty confident in all his decisions because of his experience you know around the big league club and would just kind of do what he did admitted mistakes and so forth um what are the challenges for you in kind of having an in-year and somebody that you can talk to about this? Well, Casey Kendall's been great. Um, and, again, I, I said it before, the staff has been here together since right. 2019, so it's easy to talk to Mark Budzinski, Louis Rivera, Pete Walker's in my back pocket. I make sure he doesn't go far in the dugout. Um, and Gil Kim I had in the minors. He was my boss in the minor leagues, and he kind of, you know, he's my – he checks me every now and then and, and it keeps me accountable to things that I said I would do. And um, so it's a really a combination of everyone. The people that I really lean on are Casey and Pete. Um, but it's, uh, it's cool to have that support system because you really need it. Appreciate you so much. Thanks, Chris. Mentioned there in that interview, but 2019 standout player for the Fish Cats was their shortstop, Santiago Espinal, an all star this season in the American League. Santiago Espinal, Fisher Cat in the 2019 Major League Baseball All-Star in 2022. What's this year been like for you? You know, it's, it's been a blessing, um, especially, you know, the opportunity that I've been having and, um, you know, um, the accomplishment, you know, making the All-Star. It was something that a dream come through, you know, and uh, having a good season, too, and uh, especially fighting for a spot for a playoff, too. So it's been exciting the whole year, and, uh, man, can't complain. Your story is awesome, and it's one where you know you just continued to work. You didn't worry about who was ahead of you or what the situation was. You're like, okay, I'm going to find a spot. I'm going to grab onto a spot, and I'm going to keep it. What do you think the lesson is there for whether it's you know just for people in life or for people you know who are playing baseball? You know, it just it just something that you have to remind yourself that that if you believe in yourself, no matter what the situation is, no matter what you're going through, you know you, you can achieve it. You know what I mean? Especially if you're being consistently with your work, if you're being consistently with your relationship with God, you know, I think it, uh, everything will play out. And, um, you know, for me, I think it's just pretty much just showing up to work and, and compete every day. When you came in with uh, the Fisher Cats that year and the Sea Dogs would be playing against you guys, like almost all the Sea Dogs guys would come over and they, they loved you. And you had a great relationship, obviously, with those guys. What was the trade like in that you thought you were going to be part of the Red Sox organization? Steve Pierce trade happens, and then you're over with uh, the Blue Jays. How did that kind of sit with you at the time? You know, I'm, um, it was kind of fast. So um, when that happened, I was actually playing in, in, in Salem. Um, when they called me up, they told me, hey, look, we have to take you out of the game because we don't know if you're going up or you're going to get traded. So I had to sit the whole game. But when that trade happened, uh, Gil King gave me the call, and he told me, hey, you're going to be here with the Blue Jays now. You got traded for Steve Beers. 
And I, you know, the next day I was in Dunedin, you know, playing baseball. But everything was kind of fast. Everything I had to adjust very fast to like the environment here in the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, you know, I really did. And um, you know, now we're here. Did your mindset shift too? Because you came up, if I'm not mistaken, exclusively as a shortstop. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at you know the infield situation with the Blue Jays. You got Vladdy at third at that point. Bo is the shortstop of the present and future. And Cav was playing a second base at that point, and then Simeon last year. Did you have to adjust to say, you know what, I'm going to have to just figure out how to play all these positions well so that I can be a guy who just breaks in and then I'll find my spot? You know, um, the crazy part is that um, right before that, like uh, my off season since I signed in 2016, I was like, you know what, I just want to focus on playing third, short, and second just in case something happened, you know what I mean? But pretty much I was going to practice in shortstop, which I really, I did, and I'm, you know, but when that situation came in, when that opportunity came in where I have to play third, where I have to play short, where I have to play second, you know, I was already ready. So they knew uh, in 2020 when I made the team, I even told the coaches, like, hey, I can play any position, I'm, I'm ready. I've been working out in the off season, So, like, you know, it, it was a blessing, and, um, you know, I, I was already prepared for it. How would you describe this season for the Blue Jays to date? You know, we, we have a lot of ups and downs in the season, but, um, you know, it's like last year we had a lot of ups and downs, and by the time of this year we started turning it up, and I think, you know, um, things like that happen in baseball, and, um, you know, not not every year we're just going to be the, the, the best thing ever, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, at least we're going out there and competing every day, and, uh, you know, we're doing a pretty good job, and I feel like we're having a pretty good season. We're still in a playoff round. We're still right behind Tampa, and, um, you know, we... we we can make it, you know. We just got to go out there and compete. Yeah, the goals obviously get better, and I feel like you guys have gotten better. It's been, you know, guys haven't had their the same you know statistic type years that they've had in the past, but obviously there's still time left in the season for that. But it feels like the lineup's a little bit deeper this year, and also the pitching staff has improved, and you guys can hit obviously with anybody. So the confidence must still be sky high about what you can achieve. Maybe just some frustration that it's taken a little bit of a turn here and there to get to where you want to be. No, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, we're going to have a lot of ups and downs, and, like, you know, even now, you know, we're still dealing with stuff. Um, You know, we haven't been, I feel like the last couple of games, we, we've been great, you know, since we broke out out of the, out of the little slump that we have. We're running scoring position. Uh, that was against the Oreo, and after that date, I feel like the team kind of, like, saw, like, okay, like, we can do this. We went to the Yankee Stadium, won the series three games or four games and I'm you know now we're here yesterday we did the same thing we came out here and compete and, and show those guys that that we actually end this Blue Jays swept away the Red Sox of pretty much any playoff hopes at Fenway Park this past week however Red Sox continue to try to move forward Michael Walker has been one of the lone bright spots for the Red Sox this year I spoke with him he started last night against the Rays you know hopefully over this next month and a half you know we can we can keep continuing to win series and keep getting guys healthy back out on the field and, uh, you know, keep striving towards that uh, that baseball that we know how to play to carry us into the postseason. Have you been able to you know, kind of put your finger and mention, you mentioned the injuries there, but as to, you know, why this hasn't quite come together? Because you look at the talent, type of talent that the group has, you look around the clubhouse, particularly on the offensive side of things, and these are guys that have pretty good resumes um, and, you know, obviously – it just doesn't seem like it's kind of gelled this year. And I guess that kind of happens with baseball teams sometimes where it just doesn't come together completely. Yeah. No, I think injuries have played a big part into it for sure. Um, 
you know, just at different times throughout the season, you know, big time guys go down and, uh, you know, in the lineup and our pitching staff as well. And, you know, I mean, we're not the only team that has to deal with injuries. And so we've got to, can't use that as an excuse. We got to find ways to still go out and win ball games. But, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, it's just hasn't clicked all the way there as a team. Um, but in our clubhouse, we're confident that, that we can still get to that point.